Welcome to another episode. I am V and this is the Sussex set. I'm back guys. I really missed you guys. I needed a break. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. But you know, the break was really nice. I'm glad that it's over. And I'm speaking about my own personal break. Um, just coincided with the holidays, happened to coincide with Megan and Harry's winter break. But I'm very glad to be back. I hope you guys had an excellent break having an excellent new year, despite all the, you know, the craziness going around in the world, just the world at large, y'all. But that doesn't mean we can't put our own version of good into the world to balance out all of the crazy. But as far as Sussex Squad is concerned and royal royal news stories go, 2020 starting off with a bang. And you know what? You love to see it. You love to see it. Because Harry said, we don't know what y'all finna do. But this is what we finna do. Okay? And again, you love to see it. In case you haven't heard, you gotta be living under a rock at this point. Because really, this is probably the biggest, already the biggest news story of the year. One of them, anyway. Um, Harry and Meghan have decided to step back as senior royals from the royal family. So... That announcement came in the form of a statement released on their website and simultaneously on their Instagram page, which we know is the way they like to break their news. And boy, was that breaking news. Like that was breaking, breaking news. And so, you know, let's just jump right into it. Let's, you know, let's start there. You know, but before I do, just speaking from the perspective of Harry and Meghan, it's gonna burn for us to say this, but it's coming from the heart. It's been a long time coming, but we done been fell apart. We really tried to work this out, but we don't think you're gonna change. You do, but we don't think it's best we go our separate ways. Tell me why we should stay in this relationship. Because it really don't make no sense. If you really want to look at the tea. When we hurt in family, we ain't happy family. Plus, there's so many other things we gotta deal with. We think that you should go to hell. Because we can start right there. We've been saying for the longest time. Not only on this podcast, but on all the other Sussex podcasts. We've been knowing the press was the bad guy. We've been knowing the tabloids was the thugs. But the family, the family, they've been the ones behind the scenes keeping their hands clean from the gate. But it's my opinion that their hands are like the dirtiest of all. Because they hold the power to influence the press. The tabloids gonna tabloid. That's what they do. That's what they do. That's how they make money. But your family, like, they're supposed to have your backs. They're supposed to honor your feelings. You know what I'm saying? They're supposed to help you protect your family. They're supposed to care about your well-being. Didn't see that. Didn't see any indication of any of that. 
from the royal family. I saw it from Harry towards his family. I saw it from Meghan toward her family, meaning her and Harry and Archie um, and Doria, obviously. But the three of them are in the thick of it. And the family didn't do anything to shield them from the press. So, yeah, they can go to hell. But I'm going to come back to them like I always do. But let me back up a little bit because... For me, it kind of goes back to Harry and Meghan's Christmas Thanksgiving holiday break. Now, when they went on break, there was always the assumption that when they return, it's going to be the same old thing. It's going to be back to business as usual, if you will. But during the break, we saw the press, your usual characters, you know, out here starving Marvin's looking for a headline because Megan is their cash cow. Megan and Harry, now they're trying to bring Archie. But primarily Megan, she's who sells their papers. But for a good two-thirds of the break, it was quiet and it was nice, I got to say. You know, we all had a lot to be distracted by with the holidays, which is great if you ask me. But, like, the closer it got to the end of 2019 – as far as the press goes and the tabloids and they're salivating for a Megan story, you could feel the temperature of it starting to rise again because we were nearing the end of the year. And as far, really, as far as anybody knew, they were coming back. You know, they were going to start 2020, whether January is a quiet month for Royals or not. We know that Megan and Harry like to work. The press knows that Megan and Harry like to work. And so they knew that their break and the holidays were coming to a close. And they knew, at least they thought they knew, that the Sussexes were coming back in their usual form. Because during the break, you know, they wrote about a few things here and there. But generally, they were utterly starved for Sussex content. They wrote about Kate doing an open letter. That was the first time she ever did that. You know, more power to you, girl. Uh... They wrote about Will's upcoming initiatives, but none of it actually really sticks because they don't want to write about anybody other than Harry and Meghan. You know, we saw George stabbing the pudding. That was funny, but that came and went. But then Harry and Meghan released their Christmas card. What do you think happened then? That's right. Archie's face was on every newspaper front page the next day and the funny thing about it is they released the card toward the end of the day the end of the day and so the next day front page paper had already been done for most publications they already have it ready to go ready to print overnight but you know they changed it up right at the last minute they changed everything about their front pages and made a space for Archie. In fact, they a lot of times they scrapped what they already had planned, whatever major story they had to talk about. And they put it off to the side saying details inside. While on the front page, you saw the card with Harry, Megan and Archie. And I got to say, I find it disgusting. You know, I'm disgusted, but... I know that's how the tabloids work. But if you're Harry and Meghan, doesn't that 
creep you out a little bit, not even creep you out. It probably makes you fearful now about the future of your child because Archie ain't even one yet. And I know that's their Christmas card. They released it, but they released a video, a video, not even a photo. It was a short little video clip and they released to their charities, the the Commonwealth, the Queen's Commonwealth Trust. And they're who actually tweeted it out. And people who are tech savvy, they made it a photo out of a photo out of it. But here this photo is now of your child. And I know Harry and Meghan know what they signed up for. I know that they, you know, know that they are really the most popular smaller family within the larger royal family. But to see the same people who tried to make your life a living hell while you were carrying this child now scrambling to get a picture of your child on the front page of their shitty little newspapers. That would, that would creep me out. It would make me angry, but it would also make me fearful about the future now, because what does the future look like when my son is not even one yet? And these same thugs are scrambling to get him on the front page. So that's when I knew I was like, okay, so here we go. Here we go. We're starting up again. And then that thought was confirmed by the fact that the image, it was just a regular image made from the video. Now someone took that image and they photoshopped Megan's face. It's a perspective photo where Archie is in the front and everything behind his little head is blurred out a little bit. They photoshopped the image so that Megan's face was crystal clear, looking and smiling at the camera, while Harry's was still blurred as it should have been. Only to say, you see, Megan's just this vain, attention-seeking bride, and she just wants to be in the spotlight, no matter what, even in a Christmas card. And publications like the Daily Mail, I believe the Sun, you know, you had entire magazines on their Instagram feed publishing a photoshopped photo of the video. Again, let me remind you, they did not even release a photo. They released a video, but a photoshopped version of the original photo that was created, which was nice. Whoever did that, you did a good job on it. But they created a Photoshop version of it just so they could continue their false narrative about Megan. And other publications were running with it until ultimately there was a photo kill where they couldn't run that specific image because it was false. But to see publications pick up on a, I'm a, I just call it a hate edit, just like the balcony moment from the Trooping the Color when they were all on the balcony listening to God Save the Queen. Publications, even American publications ran with that, saying, oh, well, Harry made her turn around. No, he didn't. She did it on her own. Because they were all standing at attention for the freaking national anthem. But see, I thought... Okay, so if this photoshopped image of this Christmas card that the Sussexes released when they didn't even release a photo and it's now making the rounds, what is the rest of the year going to look like? We're not even in 2020 yet. They're not even back from their break yet. And already this prevailing 
nasty narrative about Megan created by her critics is now rearing its ugly head. And they're not, they're not even back from their break yet. And that's when I knew the nastiness was about to start up again. And that's when I knew that they would double down on the nastiness just as soon as Harry and Megan came back. But I got to say, to see publications, even if they're trash, right? But to purposely take lies from known racist critics, whether they're known or unknown, you know, whether they have a name for themselves, I mean, or not, whether they're just a troll on the internet, and publishing the lies that they've created as truth, like that truly saddens me. That truly saddens me because very few people know what it feels like to be hunted and to feel hunted on a global scale. And then only to come back from break and realize that this is the same hill, then the only thing that changed was the number of the year. And if I'm Harry and Megan, I'm thinking, okay, but it's not just bad, it's worse because now we have a little boy and we'll be damned if he's subjected to this. And so in just that light alone, the decision to make public their future plans, that becomes easy to do. I would imagine it's hard in general, but it becomes easy when you realize that there's nothing to be gained for, for you to be in the same hell that you, that you were in for 2019. Even though you worked your butt off, even though there were a lot of great moments, there were a lot of bad moments too. And so they had been working on their plan. Obviously, Harry and Meghan, they're very deliberate. They're visionaries. They think about things years in advance, at least months in advance. But I'm thinking years in advance, especially now that they have a child. But because people don't think the Sussexes deserve nice things, particularly Megan, they were rushed into making that statement. And do you want to know why? It's because as long as they're in England, they're going to be surrounded by snakes. But let's start with the statement itself. It's very classy, but it's a doozy because it's a lot of gems in there. If you really know what you're looking for, you can find it. I'm going to put it that way. My opinion, but let's start with a truncated version of the statement itself. And it essentially says, after careful consideration, we have chosen to make the transition this year and starting to carve out a progressive role within the institution. We're stepping back as senior royals and working to be financially independent. We'll continue to support the queen. And it is with your encouragement, particularly over the last few years, that we felt prepared to make this adjustment. We'll be in the UK and in North America. This balance will enable us to raise our son with an appreciation for the royal tradition, while also giving us the space to focus on the next chapter, including the launch of Sussex Royal Foundation. We look forward to sharing the full details with this exciting next step in due course as we continue to collaborate with the other folks and all other relevant parties. Until then, thanks for the support. Again, it's important to re-emphasize that is a truncated, paraphrased version of the statement. But essentially, they're saying, we out this bitch. We out. Now, a few things are striking to me. Not the bit about 
wanting to be financially independent, even though that's all people are talking about. Not people, but really the tabloids. And I'll come back to that. But two things stand out to me. One, carving out a progressive role in this institution. And they always emphasize their support has come from the public from the very beginning. Those two things, they really stick out to me like a sore thumb. To have a progressive philosophy and a very tired, old fart of an institution like the English monarchy is very hard, but it's also quite ballsy to say it. And I really respect that. And honestly, I feel like that's Harry's way of saying, I'm royal, but I'm not like the rest of y'all. I'm royal by blood, but not by much else. And I feel like the last person to actually attempt this was Diana, in recent memory anyway. She wasn't shy about her view of the world and much of what we see the younger royals doing as a standard in their engagements. They were radical when she started them, but she started them. So for example, talking about AIDS and HIV, working in landmine fields and shedding a light on the fact that people were being maimed in landmines. Supposedly back then she stepped on a lot of toes just by bringing awareness to it. Speaking about women and girls' rights and mental health, she made those things, those topics acceptable and worthy of being discussed in an aristocratic royal circle. Fast forward 20 or 30 years, somehow it's still controversial to be progressive, quote unquote, within the context of the institution. And to me, that only emphasizes just how antiquated that institution is and how backwards elements of that society can be. So I'm speaking primarily of those who call themselves royalists, right-wingers, conservatives, not necessarily fiscal conservatives, but we're talking about ideological conservatives. That's why when you hear the modern conservative language of calling people, and they've said Harry and Meghan also are woke and calling them social justice warriors and such. That's because that's code for not like us. See, but somebody like Harry and Megan being in those positions that they're in, having a woke mindset and caring about social issues, that's seen as being a threat to the order of things. And this is an order that they've all enjoyed for, for generations frankly, centuries, actually, uh, well, that's coming to a close, or at least it feels like it. Either way, it's good to see them name their aim, that progressive role within the institution. It is needed because by putting the word out there, they're highlighting the differences between themselves and the rest of the family as far as the institution goes. So that's ballsy as hell to me. And the second thing is how they have always acknowledged their supporters. So in the statement released the day before they left Africa this past fall, Harry and Meghan said in quite explicit terms that we know we have support from the public and it hasn't gone unnoticed. We know that more than ever, we need that because what we're doing is unprecedented, not just with the lawsuits, but now in essentially stepping back from being a royal and say, hey, that's not for us. 
at least not being a senior royal, because we don't want all that comes with it. We're not grateful for that. What we want to do is live a life that we can be proud of. But in acknowledging their supporters, they're saying, hey, we see you. And we get more from you than you might think we do. Throughout their time as full-time royals, in the last year especially, they've acknowledged public support from regular people. Regular people. Multiple times they've acknowledged on their Instagram and said thank you for actions and drives brought about by their supporters, namely the Global Sussex Baby Shower and the tree planting drive. But even that simple thank you to me, that lets me know that they're paying attention. And we live in a world that's increasingly interconnected more now than ever before and being more connected all the time. And the conversation is always on. It's always going. And sometimes it can be a bit too much, but I've always believed that Harry and Meghan have been aware of the grassroots support that they've always had. And people respect the fact that these two people have lived in the world. And yes, while the celebrity support is nice to see and sometimes it's galvanizing, I'm here to tell you right now, The urgency and consistency with which the Sussex squad has kept Harry and Meghan's bullies accountable, that is astounding to me, truly. Looking back, that's astounding. And we've held multiple journalists accountable at every turn. They're telling lie after lie about these people and sometimes telling on themselves in the process And yet we've done what we can to keep Harry and Meghan encouraged. And I know they felt it. And it's my hope that they felt it when they needed it most. I'm personally convinced that they have. And that's what I get from that statement, from that clause in particular. Because when I read a sentence that says, it is with your encouragement, particularly over the last few years, that we feel prepared to make this adjustment, I know for a fact They're not talking about those living in the gold-plated ghetto, their family. But the statement was released to their supporters and to the public via their Instagram anyway. So the fact that they even put that in there, to me, that means a lot. That means a lot because they're saying they notice. Now, I can't imagine what it feels like to be in a place where you can't even trust anyone around you, where you have to go to a whole nother country just to have peace of mind. And the only place you can turn where you know people hear you out and understand you is the public. The fact that the public, which can often be irresponsible and cruel in nature, is where your primary support lies. It says a lot about the general coldness of of the royal family up to this point. But it also speaks to the warmth of Harry and Meghan's personality and the fact that the public wants to see them win. The fact that they know that and acknowledge that really makes me feel good. Based on what they're seeing, they feel like they can step away. I'm here to tell you, yeah, you can. You can. And it's good to see them doing it. Now, Meghan has been in the world, but Harry has never been in the world without the presence of his relatives somewhere in his life. And while he'll still have them, their role in his story, the story of his life and his family, will be, I'm assuming, 
greatly reduced because he's determined to set his emotional roots in a place and space that is healthy from the start. And well, the Windsor clan ain't it. They're just not it. They not it. And not just the Windsor child, it's the courtiers too. A lot of times they're the main ones. And Diana said quite boldly after her and Charles, after, after it was made clear to her that they weren't going to stay together, even when they were still married. She said these people, they will do everything they can to dictate your life and sabotage you at every turn. She said, I'm never going to be your queen. I'm not going to be the queen. They don't want me to be the queen. She was right. And the thing is, Harry is not even the next in line. He's not even the next next in line. But they're treating him and his wife as if, oh, we don't want them to get to the throne. Harry's never going to get to the throne. And he doesn't want it. And she also said that anybody with common sense would run as far away from the institution as possible. As possible. And what do you know? And see, Harry and Meghan are in a very unique position. They're world famous and they have a ton of goodwill. And yeah, their critics are very loud oftentimes, but the goodwill runs deep. And that has been more evident than ever in the last couple of days since they made that announcement. Now, Harry is famous for just being who he is. For what he was born into. And sadly, the tragedy of his mother's death created a lot of automatic goodwill from around the world that was reserved just for her boys. Increasingly, as their personalities began to show, I feel like Harry got the bulk of it over time. But see, here's the thing. Given how messed up that institution can be and often is, After his mother's passing, nobody would have blamed Harry for going the complete opposite direction from the one he chose. Mind you, he and his wife have been together not even four years. But Harry's direction in adulthood, given all he's gone through, even as a child and as a teenager, is truly incredible to me. As a teenager, the press tried to categorize him as reckless and irresponsible. And it turns out the press loves the narrative of beating up on the spare just to support the heir. Well, Harry being Harry, a very strong-headed, authentically compassionate, and naturally charismatic person, he grew into his own. And he is Diana's son. They said he wasn't smart. They tried to say he was a druggie. Mind you, all he did was smoke weed as far as as a teen, as far as anybody else knows. They pretty much said that he was doomed to fail and they sat back and waited for him to do so. But Harry has always known that he writes his own story. And I've said it before. It is not a mistake that the name of his sporting event is Invictus. He always knew And I'm sure Diana must have told him in some way that ultimately he would have to write his own story. Wills was always mapped out for him. That's why he is bored and bald as we speak. And from the day he was born, the only thing that was left to do was to give his time and his heirs and his hairs 
to the monarchy. But the freedom of being the quote unquote awful spare is that Harry continues to write his own story and he has the freedom to create a life of his own. That's the beauty of not being the, the next in line. That's the beauty of not being future king, future king. Can you imagine having your whole life mapped out for you before you're born? Because if you ask me, that's where the resentment stems from. And I think I've said it on the podcast before. When Harry was a kid, it's said that when he was a kid, he would say to Will, I can do what I want. You can. You're going to be king. I'm not. I can do what I want to do. In his teenage years, he was punished for that. Then in his pre-Megan years, he was celebrated for it. But then when he chose Megan, it became clear that that's who he was choosing. Now he's being punished for it again. Do you see this? Do you see how it goes? But Harry has demonstrated over and over that regardless of people's opinions of him, be they good or bad, you're not going to stop him from doing what he wants to do and what he feels is right. And that's the one thing that sort of makes me emotional because as much as people like to say, oh, it's about Megan and Megan is making Harry do this as if the boy has no agency or will of his own. This is about Harry and this is Harry writing this story in terms of how he sees himself and his family fitting into the royal narrative. I am the master of my fate, sis. Not you, not the press, not my brother or his courtiers, and not even the queen. Now, out of the two brothers, Harry's the one who has had to consciously protect his family. Will never had to think about it. Especially not now that the popular duchess was a woman of color and white broads everywhere are now throwing a fit that Harry chose a descendant of Africa to marry and procreate with. There's just no way to get around it. You can say, well, she's practically white. Actually, she's not. She's a descendant of Africa. I wouldn't care if Megan was transparent. She is a descendant of American slaves and thereby a descendant of Africa. She's not like you. Not in that way. Not in the way that you seem to highlight the most. The way that you care about the deepest. She's different. She's different to you. Human to human, she's just a human being like anybody else. But there's just that little bit of melanin that you can detect that you don't like. And it just is like a punch in the gut to you. So that every little thing she does, these bras got something to say about it, men and women. But that's who Harry chose, and they have to get over it. But back to William. William, Harry's only brother, he sat back and he watched the press go in on his baby brother. And by all appearances, he did nothing within the family to show the support that would then ultimately bleed into the press where they would finally back off 
That never happened. And so when they talk about Kate's supposed hair extensions and purported baby Botox sessions, boy, do they step the fuck up. William and everybody else, all the courtiers, everybody. The message gets to the press. The message gets to whoever is putting these unflattering details out in the public to back off. And they back off. Honestly, they should. Because what a person does with their own body, it's nobody else's business. But we know that happens for Kate. It never happens for Megan. It happens for Will. It doesn't happen for Harry. People seem to think Megan and Harry's business is their business, that they're entitled to it. Remember when the budget came out and everybody was like, oh, well, you know, and they're still talking about it now, especially. Oh, well, you know, we pay for the Frogmore Cottage renovations. Yeah, you pay for that million dollar driveway, too, but you ain't complaining about it. You're not complaining about it. You're just complaining about Frogmore Cottage, which Megan also put her own money into as well. Because you don't think the descendant of Africa deserves to live off of, and which I'm not saying that they do live off the tax dollars because there are other entities that bring income into the royal family. However, Megan was the only one that y'all complained about tax dollars going to, tax dollars, tax pounds, however you say it over there. Because frankly, I don't care. She was the only one y'all complained about. But y'all didn't complain about Will and Kate having a helicopter. But y'all applauded them looking like a poor family walking on the tarmac at the airport. The day after the whole press party that they threw about Harry and Meghan flying on Elton John's private private jet. You know, I would grow tired of this too. Because subjecting yourself to that is not living life. But my question is, is this. Why wasn't the same courtesy that was extended to Kate and William when there's even just the hint of bad press? When the press backs off, why wasn't that same courtesy extended to Megan, who's married to the consistently most popular royal, the one blood royal keeping your whole shit afloat? keeping the whole family afloat. A few things, because A, Megan is black. Let me remind you, don't care if you come to my comments talking about she's biracial, she's black, to people who have a problem with her. Two, because both Megan and Harry's popularity is through the roof and they're jealous of it. And lastly, I believe some people in that family and of course the press were angry at the fact that Megan's non-whiteness wasn't a hindrance for her. In fact, it made her more popular, especially within the Commonwealth. And with that, I believe the family sat on their hands and said, they're so popular and loved, let them fend for themselves. And they sat back and watched Megan have to put on a brave face while the white dogs, because they're largely white, of the tabloid press in London tore her to shreds on a daily basis. And for much of that time, she was pregnant. That is unforgivable. 
Now, I don't have to expect much from the tabloids, and neither do you. But I do expect someone's family to have their back. And if you can't do that, if you can't throw your weight around to protect your family, your brother against vicious attacks, his wife against vicious attacks, then you're good for nothing. And you deserve no goodwill from the public going forward because you're demonstrating what type of person you're going to be. You're demonstrating what type of leader, what type of king you're going to be. And as far as the family goes, have you guys ever noticed that they only ever verbally support the Sussexes when it's beneficial for them to do so? Like after the Africa documentary, Will and I think a few more other royals said something about how Harry and Meghan were being treated after the literal world came out in support of them, seeing how hurt Meghan was when the clips started to kind of pretty much go viral. And her saying, not many people have asked me if I'm okay. And we all took that to mean the folks walking around in those castles, a.k.a. the Windsors. All they do is slurp up the scraps from the Sussex press. That's all they do. That's all they're good for. And that's all they can get. But even still, nobody bought it because you don't care. You've never shown that you've cared. Also, when Harry got emotional at the Wellchild Awards, it was the same thing, only a little bit more sinister. It was, oh, I feel sorry for my brother. I'm worried about his feelings. I'm worried about his mental health. Are you, bro? By the way, let me just go back and say, Harry was talking about the children and the bravery that he sees in those children who are diagnosed with terrible diseases and who often don't get to live a full life. And he was speaking about how he and Megan, because the last World Child Awards they went to, she was pregnant and they had just found out that she was pregnant. So now they had a new perspective on the world and that we have a child on the way and we could very well be in their shoes where our child is diagnosed with a disease or, you know, coming into the world, they have health challenges and we understand firsthand what some of these parents may feel. And him thinking about his own son and being grateful, I'm sure, that his son is this bubbly, happy, healthy baby. That he's he obviously who wouldn't be emotional thinking about some of those kids and what they face. And just the fact that they have still a wonderful spirit about them, a spirit of compassion for other people, despite what they're going through. That is what he was emotional about. But you know what Will's quote was about? Harry's mental health. The fact that he would actually let tears well up in his throat and in his eyes. Oh, I'm worried about his mental health. You're not really a brother, Will, because we see what you're doing. You're creating a narrative. See, because you're capitalizing off of your own brother's show of emotion to see if you can scrap up a little bit of favor in your corner because you can't rely on your own personality. You have to rely on the conversation about people who are popular, way more popular than you and your wife. What does it say about you? And while he can sit there and say, oh, I'm worried about my brother's mental health. When was the last time you even wrapped your arms around your brother. Shit, when was the last time you wrapped your arms around your wife? But that ain't none of my business. But seriously, they only care about what's in it for them. 
And as Kier said, there's definitely jealousy going around. I mean, it must be a miserable existence. Honestly, imagine being jealous of your baby brother and his wife and still only being able to get their scraps. Yikes. Now, speaking of the Africa documentary and Tom Bradby in particular, that's the man that Harry trusted to put together the Africa documentary. He came with the tea and he wasn't shy about it. Now, here's a little backstory. One of the prevailing narratives around the Sussex departure is that it blindsided the queen and that they didn't let anybody know about their plans. Well, the lie detector determined that was a lie because according to Mr. Bradby, not only were they not blindsided, the Sussexes were sabotaged. The quote from him is, the couple's view was they came back from Africa and wanted to talk to the family about their plans. It had been made clear to them in their absence there was going to be a slimmed down monarchy and they weren't really a part of it. Then he said Harry and Meghan were asked to write their suggestions on paper. They initially declined for fear of a press leak. When that did, in fact, happen, the leak, that's when Harry and Meghan decided to go public with their plans. And here we are. What I find hilarious is that Harry left the palace scrambling to release that piss poor statement saying essentially, well, we're still talking about it and we're still ironing out the details, which sure girl, but it's incredible though, that the palace, the family, they want it both ways. They want the Sussexes to be quiet and never speak up for themselves. And they want the Sussexes to trust them. But at every turn, they betray that trust. The press doesn't want to go with that narrative, which is the true narrative. They go with the narrative that casts Harry and Meghan in a poor light. They will always go with the narrative that casts them in a poor light. Oh, the queen is so sad. Oh, the poor queen. Oh, she's 93. She's so disappointed. She was blindsided. The queen did a lot of things this year. One thing sis did not do is protect the one couple, keeping the whole family relevant, especially within the Commonwealth. She did protect her deviant son, though. So you got to give her credit for that. And she only stripped him of his duties when the pressure became too much. But as far as Harry goes, they expect him to sit back and be sabotaged. I think the fuck not. And do not let the press narrative convince you otherwise. While I think they would have released a statement eventually, they were forced to release it this early. And you want to know why? Because they would die before they let the sun break their news. News that they originally wanted to keep to themselves. That is the true story. And you want to know what else? If the feelings of the family are hurt, you know who doesn't care? Rather, you know who shouldn't care? 
Henry, that's who. They didn't care about his feelings or even his wife's or son's well-being. So good for Harry. Keep writing your story, bro. We're here for it. Both of them, they're leveling up and doubling down, not only with their work, but with the lines they're drawing in the sand regarding what is no longer acceptable for them or their family. And they're only going to gain more resolve as they go forward. Because as it turns out, they don't have to sit back and be someone's punching bag for someone looking to diminish their popularity and influence at home and abroad. They're tired. They really did try to make it work. Just to sit back and do the royal thing of never complain or never explain and just carry on. How they did it for as long as they did, though, is incredible to me. And I'll take my hat off to them. But I'm so glad that they realize they don't have to do it anymore. Another narrative being touted, Megan broke up the brothers. That's false. Because this isn't about Megan. It's about Harry. He's the one driving this decision, I believe. He's the one driving the way that he looks at how his family fits in with his larger family. He's the one driving those decisions. People like to blame Megan because they think, you know, oh, they can't bear to hate Harry or their prince. But you best believe Harry knows his family better than Megan. He knows the lay of the land and he knows he's ready to take the leap his mother never could. And he only came to this point, I believe, because his family showed an utter lack of support and compassion for what they were going through as a couple, for what his wife was going through as a new member of the family. Because after all, as long as Harry and Meghan are taking the brunt of the abuse from the press, then none of the rest of them are. Not even Deviant Andrew. And for the longest time, man... The tabloids and the British press opted to tell lies about Megan instead of telling the truth about Andrew. Imagine that. Megan didn't break the brothers up. Harry's just finally ready to rise above his station, as it were. He told you himself in that engagement interview that he's the one who married up. And yeah, he moved out of the ghetto of Kensington Palace but he didn't move far enough because as it turns out, the whole country is a ghetto. Throw the whole island away, in fact. You know, because people in England love to say, oh, the English society, oh, we're, we're past race. We're above that. We abolished slavery first. Well, you know what? All it took was one black American to prove that to be a lie at least regarding the royals themselves. But let's remember, Brexit happened before Megan. Way before. So yeah, while y'all be shitting on us Americans, we got y'all prince now. And he might feel more like himself over here than he does in his own country. To quote Kim Kardashian, tragic. But on that note though, it's good to be on the same continent as my good sis, Megan. I will tell you that. It's, it's good. I don't know what it is, but it, it just feels different. It's good. Like, I feel like I feel better knowing that she's good, that she feels good. Not only about her decisions, but that she's not constantly being hounded. 
you know, because as their statement said, or as a website said, a lot of what the tabloids report, it's being reported as news over here, I guess, because journalism is lazy nowadays. Nobody vets anything. They just say, well, they're writing about it over there and it must be true. Let's pick it up. Glamour will pick it up, you know, page six and all of these other little uh, publications over here that really don't mean shit, but they'll pick it up. You know, and people who are just passing by, they'll pick it up because they're bored in somebody's waiting room and they'll read it and think that Megan's a diva or Megan's just, you know, making Kate cry and Megan's demanding this and that from the folks, the poor little old queen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She doesn't have to deal with that. Not as much anymore. By profits. By profits. By profits for the thugs. Yeah, I honestly just feel, I just feel better. Like, <sighs> like. Like she's away from that toxicity, not just from the press, but again, from the family too. And it pains me to say that because that's Harry's family. And I know how I feel about my family. But based on what we're seeing, what other conclusion can I draw? But also, though, how about the fact that they spent all that time in Canada, came back to the UK only to go to the Canada house. They went to visit some of Megan's patronages and you know, the National Theater, and they went to the Hub Kitchen only for Megan to hop right back on the plane. Sis is in Canada right now. She said, I know y'all thought y'all had me back, but I came over here just to see my good friends over here at the Canada House, and I'm going to hop right back on the plane. Like that little girl says in that video, I sure did. So, that right there lets you know that they're done with the whole royal family and England, at least for now. And people thought Meghan was, you know, aching to be a duchess, aching to be a royal. Look how easy it was for them to walk away. Because if you look around and say, I can't thrive in this environment, then you're going to go where you can't thrive. And she did. I showed it. It don't give a fuck. It don't. She did what she had to do. But what I find interesting is that so many people talking about how Harry and Meghan's departure is dismantling the monarchy. What does it say about the monarchy that the sixth in line has the power to do that? The fact that the sixth in line living his life has the power to make the public, because let's face it, the monarchy thrives, rather survives, off the interest and goodwill of the public. Harry has the power to make the public lose interest in the monarchy by just him stepping away part-time. It demonstrates to me just how weak a foundation the monarchy now stands on and further demonstrates a lack of assurance in those coming up to take the throne. To the point where people are saying we can't lose them. The fact that they're acting as if they've behaved like they ever wanted them in the first place. But now it appears that you'll lose them. Both the press and the family are scrambling right now. They may not want to admit it, but they're scrambling big time. The press obviously wants them to stay because of the profits. And the family wants them to stay because without them, as hard as it is for them to admit, they will have little relevance in the world. Very little. 
yeah, people respect the monarchy because of history, but like, how long are you going to respect the monarchy in the present day when you see very little evidence that they even value your humanity? Let's start with Megan. If you can't even value her humanity and she's in your own family, how do you expect us to believe that you value the humanity of Commonwealth countries of color? Like, how do you expect us to take you seriously on that? And the fact that vitriol and toxicity, both within the royal family and in their cahoots with the British press, has driven the one non-white royal away... And thereby, her husband, who was also a blood-born royal, away, stepping away from it all. How do you expect us to believe that you're authentic when you say you care? When you say you want to do good, when you as a member of the monarchy want to do good in the world, how do you expect us to believe that? In ways, let's talk about money. How about we do that? That seems to be the focus of so many news stories when it comes to this breaking news and how dare they want to become financially independent and not suck from the teeth of the queen. Got it. So there seem to be two camps with regard to this topic. One, no money for the Sussexes. If they leave, then they should have no funding, not even from the Duchy of Cornwall. And they're not fully leaving, by the way, but I digress. Then there's the second camp, which is, fuck you, pay me. I'm in the second camp. The Sussexes have done so much and continue to do so much for the relevance of the royal family. The royal family hasn't really even been in the global conversation. Not very much. But then when... The Sussexes became a thing. Then it was a whole new ball game, and they knew it, right? But they didn't have to do anything because Harry and Meghan were at the forefront. Harry and Meghan alone are why Kensington Royal even has over 10 million Instagram followers right now. Kate has revamped her whole shit, the whole thing. She don't even wear coat dresses no more. And even some of the lesser royals are taking ideas from Harry and Meghan and implementing them into their game plans. So I say pay them until they get a steady stream of income for themselves that they can build upon. They've done enough of the family by the work that they've done thus far. And truthfully, if they don't fund the Sussexes, through the Duchy of Cornwall, especially after all the work they're still going to do for at least half the year, it'll further demonstrate why those in line for the throne cannot be trusted. Not as compassionate leaders anyway. Needless to say, I have no doubts that they will get the funding they need to sustain them until they are financially independent on their own. And kudos to them for spelling out the fact that the current model, the one that they're currently in as Duke and Duchess of Sussex working for the royal family doesn't even allow them to earn an income for themselves. Now, imagine being Megan, a bad bitch who came into the situation with millions of her own, suddenly now not earning an income 
that she can do whatever the hell she wants to do with. Tragic. But no longer because they have made their plans known. And I live. I live. On their website, they said, quote, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex take great pride in their work and are committed to continuing their charitable endeavors as well as establishing new ones. In addition, they value the ability to earn a professional income, which in the current structure, they are prohibited from doing. I can't imagine. And, and I, I, I know that when you go into a situation, you think, OK, well, all right, well, I'm sure Megan understood that that was the case going into it. But see, it's a little bit different if you're doing that, but you have the protection of the family. You have the protection of the family from the press that's literally trying to do you in. Okay, you could reconcile some things. You could say, okay, well, I can't earn an income, but at the same time, you know, I don't feel like people are out to get me. But you're not going to have me up in here not earning no income. You know, spending my money paying for fixtures in a in a in a in a structure in a building in a house that I don't even own just for the family that has the power to protect me to not protect me while I sit here and get trashed day in and day out by the press that they're afraid of or worse are in cahoots with. Nah, sis, won't work for me. Because what Harry and Meghan not going to do is keep the royal family relevant for free. While they slave away, having all their good ideas stolen and adopted by the lesser royals in the queue to become king and queen. That's what they not finna do. What they will do is harness their popularity, which they've earned and turn that into an income for themselves and their future, showing Archie and his future sibling the value of hard work and earning your keep on this planet. Because that's what they will do. And the fact that these numbnuts believe that Harry and Meghan should give back the funds allotted to them for the renovation of Frogmore Cottage is truly hilarious. Like, not only is that ridiculous, but it shows that there's something else other than this idea of right and wrong at play in people's opinions of Harry and Meghan. The fact that you want them to give back quote unquote tax dollars when the structure does not even belong to them. It belongs to the queen. So what should they do? Pay the queen? What should they do? Write you a check, bitch? Like that right there shows me that it's something else. It's something else under the surface that these people won't admit. We've been knowing what it was from day one, but they won't admit it to themselves. And at this point, it's getting old. But on the Sussex income, what they've done is said that we wouldn't be the first to do this. This idea of earning an income. But we will earn an income, period, sis. Because that's what we're going to do. We're going to do that. It's already been decided. And you know what else? We're going to keep these titles and we dare you to take them from us. And how about this pettiness on their website? The pettiness of these two questions. Do the Duke and Duchess of Sussex earn an income? No. Under the current structure and financing arrangements, they are prohibited from earning an income in any form. 
Do the Duke and Duchess of Sussex benefit financially from their charitable and cause-driven work? No. See above. (laughs) They didn't say that. It just says no see above. But it's like, see above. We don't earn any money. We don't earn money. Not only do we not earn money doing all this work. I mean, did you look at their 2019? I did a video edit of all the things they did in 2019. And for part of the year, Megan was pregnant. Okay, they didn't earn an income. It's a tiring job. Yeah, I get it. They don't have to do it. But if you want them there and they they, let's say they they want to be there, but they don't want to put up with what it takes for them to be there, which is for them to be the shield for the rest of the royal family, including a deviant who's not getting the bad press he deserves. You know what I'm saying? That's not a part of the deal. So they want to earn an income. By them being the sixth in line, they're not going to be on the throne. There's already been this plan for the slim down monarchy, which is fine. Why shouldn't they be able to earn an income? Why should they be at the mercy of the monarchy? That makes no sense to me. Not in 2020. They're sitting here at the full mercy of the monarchy and what they decide to give to Harry and Meghan. That's not good. That's not good. And if Harry and Meghan decided to settle for that, which is within their right, clearly they're not going to that. Nah, it just wouldn't look, it just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. Can you imagine being at William and Kate's mercy girlfriend? Cause I can't. And clearly Harry and Meghan can. They can't imagine being at the queen's mercy. They can't imagine being at Prince Charles's mercy. But I think Prince Charles I would imagine he's a sensible dude, understands the importance of them making a transition. They're trying to make a step from where they are now to ultimately where they want to be. And yeah, they are going to need Prince Charles's help. So yeah, he should continue to fund them. Be as compassionate as you want people to believe you are, right? But let's say, God forbid now, God forbid something strike Charles's down before the, the queen passes away and William is the next king. Oh, no, I would not want them to be at William's mercy. Not any, not in any regard. Because he's a petulant little bitch. That's my opinion. That's my opinion of it all. God bless. But I don't like the dude. And I think Harry and Meghan are doing the right thing by distancing themselves, not just from the monarchy, because there's really a diminishing role for them, but also saying to themselves and to the world, we would like to earn our income. We see value in that. There's nothing wrong with that. And another thing about the finances. All I hear when people say, well, it's not fair. All I hear is a bunch of whiny idiots who never wanted Harry and Meghan to have the first tax dollar, let alone any millions of tax funds. As if they've ever gone anywhere with their hands out. And how about the fact that they even had to talk about Frogmore Cottage on their website? Given that they don't even own the property, they just live in it, but people made such a big fuss over it that they're addressing it on the website. They even talk about why they moved into Frogmore Cottage in the first place, eventually saying that it was a cheaper option and they could move into the property quicker before Megan gave birth to her son. Not only that, but the renovation at Frogmore Cottage actually saved the crown 50% 
of the original suggested budget had they stayed at Kensington Palace and moved next door to Will and Kate. But let me add this. Oh, and by the way, nobody's talking about that because nobody cares. They care that even even a small amount was spent on Megan. That's all they care about. But let me add this. Who would want to live next to Will and Kate? And their snotty-nosed courtiers. Who in their right mind would want that? These are the same people who said that Megan sent demanding texts to her staff at 5 a.m. in the morning. And that was led not only by the courtiers, but also allegedly Kate's mother. Because that's how the dailies started to refer to Megan as Hurricane Megan. Carol Middleton is also known as Hurricane Carol. Go figure. And this was all while her and Harry were still living at Kensington Palace. Megan and Harry. Poor Megan went into the whole situation bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as it were, thinking she could put her own spin on things when in reality she was dealing with a bunch of soulless mannequins whose primary aim was just to maintain the status quo. And let me tell y'all something. Harry is not Edward VIII. People are putting the weight on Harry as if he is Edward VIII. As if Megan is Wallace Simpson. And they make Wallace Simpson comparisons every chance they get as if the wife of the sixth in line on paper has the power to topple the English monarchy. Megan is not problematic. But what is problematic is the fact that those in line for the throne, particularly after Charles and specifically the Cambridges, they aren't as inspiring as the sixth in line and his wife. And the fact that the sixth in line's departure inspires such fear, because let's call it what it is, is fear. His departure and her departure inspire so much fear that a whole lot of true faces are being revealed right now. And the toothpaste is out of the tube at this point. And once it's out, it doesn't go back in. Harry tried to warn y'all in 2016 when she was still his girlfriend. That was your biggest clue, actually. He was head over heels for this girl, and he was beginning a new chapter in his life. He released that statement from Kensington Palace warning y'all. Y'all didn't listen. He released a statement as her husband and the father of her child saying that he is committed to protecting them and would do so by any means. And y'all still didn't listen. Now he's doing the only thing left to do, which is to diminish his role, not only to protect his family, but to free himself because God knows they are holding on to him for dear life. And I applaud him for pushing back and standing guard on behalf of his queen. And eventually, I hope they'll sever ties completely. And I know that can be a scary prospect, but I believe that Americans are not about to let Harry and Meghan falter. They're smart enough on their own. They got this, but over here, at least they'll know they're welcome. They can finally get press that's balanced and fair. So instead of the American outlets running with stories fabricated by the English tabloid press, the tabloids will have to fight for the scraps, even for just a smidgen of news about Harry, Meghan or Archie. 
And boy, do we love to see it. We love seeing that more than anything. RIP to the Royal Rota. And it will be interesting to see how quickly the tabloids turn on the other royals now that Harry and Meghan aren't there to shield them. And notice I didn't say fun. Because, again, nobody deserves that. But I did say interesting, though. Because karma is a bitch. And she knows everybody's name. I think Canada is a great move because it's one of Megan's previous homes and it's a Commonwealth country also. Vancouver is potentially a great choice because it's also only a few hours from Mamadoria on the West Coast. And the idea that Archie gets to walk in sunshine and have peace of mind You know, that makes me want to praise dance because to be honest, they all deserve to be surrounded by love and not venom. And we know that's what Archie deserves because he didn't ask for none of this. So in short, it's time for them to close one chapter to open another and perhaps live the kind of life that Diana always deserved, but never got the chance to see. I think she would be proud of Harry. I think this is the life that she's always envisioned for Harry. And Harry is proudly and with determination carrying that mantle. He's carrying it forward and he's doing it. He'll do that if it's the last thing he does. And if if he has to give his mother life through himself, he's going to do that. He's literally shown it time and time again. He is her legacy. As for the rest of the family, as the years roll by, and they will roll by, well, they can watch from a distance because they didn't appreciate Harry and Meghan while they had them under their noses. Because don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? They pay paradise and put up a parking lot. And enjoy your parking lot, girl, because that's all you got left. And let me reemphasize, you love to see it. And that's all I got for today. Please hit me up on Instagram at Sussexet. You can also find me on Twitter at Sussex Squad. Also, don't miss a chance to get early content and additional perks by becoming a member of the podcast and joining the Set Fam on Patreon over there. You get edits early. They're previewed and released usually about a day early. And I'm working on some written content too. So that will debut over there as well. And you'll also get dibs on the hashtag Sussex Squad Speaks or Squad Speaks segment. All you got to do is use a hashtag. And of course, don't forget to leave me a review on iTunes. It's always greatly appreciated when you do that. And I just got to say, thanks for all the support in 2019. 2020 is shaping up to be a brilliant year for the podcast and for the Sussex Squad. And I really hope to live up to the expectations. And listen, our faves, they're charting a new path to freedom. And all I can do is smile. So keep bringing the good news and keep shining your light in the world because it is needed. So until next time. To freedom! Peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me.